The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. This is the Pick 6 Podcast, and this is Sunday Night Super Friends. Merry Jack Christmas. That's Will Brent. I'm Ryan Wilson, and this is Sunday Night Super Friends Christmas Night into the day after Christmas, which I think they call Boxing Day, Harry. If you ever lived in England, you would know that. Week 16 NFL Recap 2023 edition. Is that is that because they are they like fights? Like they schedule matches between people with boxing gloves? Reach, remember, give us a thumbs up if you're watching us on the old YouTube, that NFL on CBS, and of course, subscribe so you never miss Will Brinson explaining how holidays work uh, on the other side of the pond. All right, we're going to talk about our top 10 takeaways, like we always do, for week 16 this time, a week that started, Breach, with Jake Browning going to Pittsburgh and doing what turned out to be his best <laughs> Brock Purdy imitation. And the week ended in Santa Clara with the actual Brock Purdy throwing four interceptions against the Ravens team that, for the time being, anyway, looks like the best team on planet Earth after that comprehensive win uh, to conclude the Monday Night Triple Header. Uh, uh, Breach, Breach, before you before you talk about Jake Browning, um, Chris Trapasso, the world's biggest Mason Rudolph fan, recorded this for you. Because <laughs> you got banged by Mason Rudolph, buddy. You can sort of hear that. That was that was yeah. Breach has had a breach had a tough few days here. But hey, happy Christmas! That game was so long ago, and this weekend's been so long. I, I didn't even remember it. Happened. It feels like it was like two years ago. Uh, I'm sure that Jake Browning. It feels like it was two days ago. All right, breach. Let's start with you here. Is this Ravens win? You're a Bengals homer. I'm a Steelers homer. The best win of the season for any team, given the timing, the fact that it was on the road, and the playoff implications. Yes. This was one of those, I think all of us probably picked the 49ers straight up, but thought it was going to be a close game. Uh, but this was one of those where I don't think a lot of people thought the Ravens were going to win, let alone win by two touchdowns. I mean, they destroyed them. This was a curb stomping. This was, they dominated the game. Brock Purdy was seeing ghosts. This guy's supposed to be an MVP candidate. He get two interceptions in. He looked like he had no idea what was going on anymore. 
Granted, all four of those interceptions weren't his fault, but the fact that he threw four interceptions just tells you that the Ravens' defense was everywhere. And when you think about all the weapons the 49ers have and can anyone slow them down, can anyone stop them, and the Ravens prove that, yes, you can, and also that they're, you know, sometimes you have a defense that is one of the top 10 in the NFL based on yards given up and points per game because they play an easier schedule. Not the Ravens. I mean, they proved that their defense is legit. We already know their offense is for real. Uh, so to me, this team feels like the Super Bowl favorite. Brenton, mm. you think so? Yeah, I, I think what's pretty notable is that if you take the um, biggest NFC wins of the season from Baltimore and San Francisco, San Francisco like drubbed the Eagles smoke the Cowboys and then you also have Baltimore who goes and destroys Seattle destroys uh Detroit at home and then goes on the road and and beats San Francisco and what just because of how San Francisco has been playing the only three losses are when Debo and Trent Williams are out they are rolling Brock Purdy is like minus 190 to win the MVP and everyone like this line opened at uh, five and climbed up to six and a half before close it before the game kicked off. But like San Francisco was nearly a touchdown favorite against a number one seed in the AFC. And while it took Baltimore a little while, a little ways to, to pull away here, um, you know, they needed two quick scores in the, in the third quarter to really turn this into a blowout. I thought it was very clear from the beginning that Baltimore felt disrespected by the the national perception of what was going to happen in this game, the sort of the belief that the 49ers were going to roll. And, you know, they did it with their defense. They they flew around the field. Those linebackers are so good. And I think it's like you watch the way the scheme and how they bring pressure and how they get pressure on, on Brock Purdy and how they, they generate it with these, like, you know, the false, I don't know, they're not false fronts, I guess is like, a, is a fair word where they, they, it looks like they're bringing eight guys and they drop back. And then you have these linebackers who, you know, when we think about Kyle Shanahan's offense, and this is sort of the, you know, the reason I, I like the Ravens against the spread, but, you know, Kyle Shanahan constantly has these guys over the middle running wide open, getting yak. Well, the Ravens were able, able to get pressure on Brock Purdy or get their hands up and tip balls. And the linebackers were sort of eliminating a lot of that free space. And, Baltimore is just a very complete team. They lost Mark Andrews, but it was a situation where Lamar Jackson only had to run seven times. I think if the game had been closer, he has a bigger game and people are really talking about him as an MVP favorite. And like, Baltimore has flown under the radar about as much as you can as a one seed in the AFC because of the, the struggles with the Chiefs, the struggles with the Bills, the Dolphins and all their big performances. Um, you know, all these different storylines in the AFC have sort of allowed Baltimore to just plug along, pile up wins. And I think they're as good a com and a complete as a team as San Francisco is on the other side, and they just smoked the one seed in the NFC. I would say, and I'm going to use your own words against you, uh, that's, okay. our, uh, that's our Super Bowl pool. The Ravens were the number two pick. I mean... We knew that the Ravens were a good team. I think we also I mean, probably agreed. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. I'm yeah. saying that I don't think they're, I don't know if they're flying. Like people knew they were well, good. Well, you know, they're not flying. Under the, I just feel like every, nobody, at no point has anybody gotten really excited for the Ravens this year. You know what I mean? But I would say that no one ever in the history of the Baltimore Ravens have gotten excited about the Ravens. Well, I, and just to that point, I will say, like, my hesitation with them all year has been, in my preseason picks, I had them in the AFC title game, but my hesitation with them is still the same, which is, 
what's going to happen when they get to the playoffs because they have this history of falling flat on their face in the playoffs. And so Does I think, this game make you feel better about that, though, on the road? I, I mean, it makes me feel a little better, but Just it's still a not a playoff game. But also, Lamar Jackson has a 20 and one record against NFC teams. He just absolutely destroys them because they have no idea what they're up against because they only see him once every four years. And so, yes, obviously a huge win. And like I said, I think the Ravens are the Super Bowl favorite. But, you know, you just look at their playoff track record, one and four with Lamar. So that is where you worry Breach, a little bit. Breach, do you think that this – see, and this is sort of where I'm at, but I, I'm curious. One, one and three with Lamar, sorry. He didn't I'm curious what you guys think about this, but do you think that this Ravens team with this version of Lamar – and this version of Lamar is very different than 2019 Lamar. And I mean that in complimentary to both versions. Lamar in 2019 is just like nuke bombing the, the entire like NFL with this rushing attack a la what he did in Louisville. This version is, is almost like more subdued, but in a good way. He's more of a pocket passer. And I do think that they were really going to start using his legs more in December when he's fully healthy versus with the Greg Roman offenses of, of you know the last few years where they used his legs in September and he was hurt late in the season. I think, man, I think, I don't know. Like this version should scare opposing defenses more given how late in the season they're activating his legs and how much better of a passer he's shown to be we all knew he was a great passer but like in a in pocket passer now you know what i mean no i agree with that and i think that um sort of the follow-up on your point he does feel calmer in the pocket he's not looking to run and i think in, in sort yeah. of the history of the ravens that you're talking about with lamar breach it's been one where franticness to make up a word seems to take over and then mistakes are made and those mistakes were actually made by the other guy playing quarterback which we typically don't see from from brock purdy either but let me ask you this breach since you're you're sort of on the bus, but you still have one foot off the bus, and the bus is getting ready to leave Ravens Station here. So the Ravens' last loss came in Week 10 to the Browns. And the 49ers had that three-game losing streak when everyone was hurt, and Purdy had the concussion, started the Browns game in bad weather, then the Vikings game, the zero blitz at halftime, yada, yada, yada. And then your Bengals were just coming back with Joe Burrow and looked to be the part, and they played lights out since then. I feel like sort of the support with Brentson saying here, there aren't any – recent losses you can point to like, oh, see, this is why I have the concerns about the Ravens. Even the Lions should be like, okay, look, these guys play hard for 45 minutes and 15 minutes every Sunday, they're going to give up 40 points, it feels like. Yeah, I mean, the Ravens are blowing everyone out. I think they've had the lead at the two-minute warning in every single game this season. They are uh, through 16 games. Only the 2007 Patriots and 1972 Dolphins have also done that. So we're talking about they are in a club with the only two teams that went undefeated in NFL history. And so, and they're dominating. They're winning a, a lot of their games by double digits. We saw them beat the Bengals by double digits in the Thursday night game. They beat the Chargers by double digits when uh, Justin Herbert was still out there. They beat the Jacksonville by double digits. So they're, they're manhandling teams. I mean, they destroyed the Lions, destroyed the 49ers. It, it is. And, you know, you mentioned the Browns loss. Is that something that could happen? I mean, imagine if, if Joe Flacco went into Baltimore and beat the Ravens, that would be. Dude, what, if, what if we get Jared Goff or Staff, Matthew Stafford and Joe Flacco versus the Ravens in the second round of the playoffs? Uh, hey, just real quickly on that, too, like the law. Wilson, I swear, I think I, maybe, I, mentioned, I may have mentioned this already. I thought it was you and me um, doing what? HQ when someone asked us, what do we make? Or like the podcast and someone was like, what do you make of the Ravens coughing up these big leads? And it's like, I don't have an answer. Maybe it wasn't you. Maybe it was, yeah, I, it was somebody. Somebody yeah. asked me that. I was like, I don't really have an answer. And I think 
they're three lo- they have three losses this season. Their three losses are by a total of 12 points. I was going to say, and, I don't feel like they've caught up a ton of lead. I know there's some you were to push back about Harbaugh well, late game, and then the fourth well, they, quarter, well, they, they would got, have some wheels fall off. Yeah, yeah. Well, in, um, after week five, when you may recall when the Steelers were doing the Magic Beans thing. Um, remember that game. They, they got to all the, the Ravens. The Ravens were three and two, lost by three to the Colts and lost by seven to the Steelers. And it, remember, it was that crazy? Like it, it was almost it was hard to explain how they were losing and how they, they lost that Steelers these- game because Zay Flowers dropped forty passes. Then Joey Porter Jr. caught a, a red zone, an end zone touchdown. Yeah, yeah. I'm just and Pickett had the big touchdown too, right? Um, I, I'm just saying the narrative was, oh, this Ravens team can't hold a lead. But they've lost one game since then. <laughs> I'll say this: that game. But then feels- the game they did lose was blowing a two touchdown lead to the Browns. Who, right? But I guess, I guess, I guess this is my larger point: is when we we c- couldn't understand why how the Ravens weren't holding on to these leads. But to Breach's point, Wilson's point, they've had they've had a lead ninety percent of the time this season, over ninety percent. I think the last team to do that was the 07 Patriots. If I'm not wrong, and maybe maybe even a team. I mean, it was the 05 Colts, I think, who had a lead. Like, but anyway, 90 percent of the time they're leading. So eventually, if you're going to lose, like you're just going to be victim of bad luck. And I think that just might be what it is. This is just a really, really good football team. So like that Steelers loss was you can't even explain that on in human terms. That sort of feels like what happened with Brock Purdy tonight. So Brenton, let me uh, give you some results here from the 2023 season, and then we'll draw some conclusions together here. So uh, the Cowboys lost to the Cardinals. The Bills lost to the Patriots. What planet was that? The Eagles lost to the Seahawks with my guy, Andrew Stephen Locke. Chiefs lost to the Raiders. Again, what are we doing? The Dolphins lost to the Titans. Shout out, Producer Harry. And the Ravens uh, lost to the Steelers and Browns, as we talked about here. How much do you want to overreact to the way Brock Purdy and everyone was healthy for the beginning of this game? Trent Williams came out late. Brock Purdy came out with about half the fourth quarter to go. How much do you want to overreact about what this means for the next month? I, I I don't want to overreact to it too much. I don't think and and Joe, our pal Joe Musso, who uh, is a loyal chat YouTube watcher and and chat uh, avid chat uh, joiner on this very show, asked me the same question on HQ and and I I don't think that you look at this game and say, well, <laughs> the Brock Purdy story's over. Cute little run, you know he's not the, he's not going to win the MVP. He's now nineteen to one to win MVP and that's okay throwing four picks in a game on Christmas night with the entire world watching against the number one seed in the AFC when you're a seven point favorite is going to cost you the MVP award that's just how it works when you're the favorite I, I thought that the what the, I, I I tend to put and obviously you know I'm not trying to flip it back on the Ravens but I tend to put more of this on the Ravens and their defense and their ability to absolutely yeah yeah that's what I'm saying to pressure him I think I think Purdy is is fine. I, I am concerned certainly that Trent Williams suffered an injury and had to leave this game. The they said it was Pur- a groin, so I don't know if he could have come back in or not. But yeah, it was a groin. Yeah, and it, it, and Purdy left with a stinger. It was one of those where he then was talking to Kyle Shanahan, and you could tell Kyle was like, "Look, dude, ain't no reason for you to go back out there down fourteen with two minutes left. Like, let's 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 lick our wounds and get out of here." Um, I don't put that much. I, like I don't look at this as if, which, by the way, was interesting conversation because if they score on that one possession, it's a it's one score game with three and you timeouts. Have three timeouts. Yeah, real interesting. Do you I think mean, he Brock doesn't? Purdy had to be pretty banged up for him not to go back in. Oh uh, yeah, maybe. In that situation, I think I think the Diners were kind of. I think Kyle Shanahan was kind of surprised that he got back in the game. You know what I, I mean? 
I no, mean, I don't know. I, I don't know about that. He's, I get it, but you have first and goal at the one yard line with over two minutes left, and you're only down two touchdowns, and you have all three timeouts. I have my best guys out there trying to win so, this game. So, Breach, I don't want to spoil too much because we'll talk about it at the end of the show here, but does it matter for the 49ers if they lose this game in terms of their playoff futures in the NFC? Maybe that was part of the reason, unless you can tell me. You don't Just give me like a 10-second answer so we don't spoil it. I will just say they beat down the Cowboys and Eagles, two of the better teams in the NFC, so badly it's hard to see it mattering in that sense. But with Brock Purdy, we talked about it in the Bengals game back in October. If you fluster him, they can't. he, he struggles. and then. They can't play from behind. So yeah. if you get the lead, they're horrible. We saw the stat tonight that Kyle Shanahan's 0-37 in the if his team's showing by eight or more points in the fourth quarter. There's no comebacks. They don't come back. So this, if you jump out quickly, you are going to win. That is how you beat them. This offense with Brock Purdy under center. And this is this is I don't know if this is more of an insult than the game manager thing. And it's, but it's not it's not intended to be. It's just the reality of it. And look, it's hard to come back in the NFL. We had these Mahomes stats, like Patrick Mahomes is a winning record with a double digit when he's down double digits, which is just an insane stat. Brock Purdy ain't that. And this Brock Purdy and this 49ers offense, as it's constituted, are front runners. They are going to bury you if they are leading. If they are trailing the game scripts and the play calls from the the play calls from Kyle Shanahan and the game scripts and the way that Brock Purdy has to play change completely because you're now no longer you're no longer operating with the defense assuming that you're trying to run downhill on them and keep the clock moving and you have the freedom to run these play action passes that look exactly like their run plays instead you are forced to drop back a ton and the defense can play more pass like cheat coverage where they are dropping into coverage they are taking up that space that where, where those these guys live when the defenders collapse trying to stop the, the run they think is coming it, it's it's just it's sort of the nature of the game. You're you're not operating with a freewheeling Patrick Mahomes behind under center. You've got Brock Purdy, and that's hey, let's play let's play a little game here. Uh, over under on since Princeton knows they're like EPA now. We'll do expecting points added for the quarterback performances from this week. Over under. So is Bailey uh, Bailey's asking me number one is Brock Purdy above or below in terms of expected points added for his team than Bailey Zappi? Uh, below. below. He is below. All right. Patrick Mahomes. Above. Below. He's below. Reaches oh. 2-0. All right. Let's Mahomes get saucy here. Six too. I guess, I mean. Let's do Cincinnati's version of Brock Purdy. Jake Browning. Okay. Is, He's a below Jake Browning. You have below. him below. Brock is below. What do you say, Breach? Below. He is indeed below. Yes. Tommy DeVito, who got benched for Tyrod Taylor. <laughs> above. Below. He is indeed below. <laughs> so uh, the only people that are actually below the aforementioned Brock Purdy, Aiden O'Connell, Case Keenum, Sam Howell, who was also benched in DTR, who came in for Aiden a O'Connell didn't throw a, didn't complete a pass in the final three quarters of the football. This game is how won. poorly. And again, we've said this. This is all on Brock Purdy, but he's not a front runner and whatever. It's hard to win, as Brinson noted. But he had a truly terrible week. Breach, let me ask you this. Does this feel like a Joe Burrow versus TJ Watt situation or does it feel differently than that? What Purdy versus Purdy versus just this game is that a, a lingering thing or is it a one week and go thing? No, I, I, like I, if you have a team that can fluster him and get after him, that's how you beat him. That's how you right. you make him struggle. He'll throw. I mean, we saw early this year they lost by two touchdowns to the Bengals. That was the healthiest they had been 
before this beatdown. You we brought saw, that up several times. Charlie. We we saw them lose to the Vikings. We where did. They beat the, the Bengals. Beat them. They only scored 17 points against the Vikings. They were a little bit <laughs> banged up there. started glitching and just kept saying, we saw it over we and over again earlier, against the Bengals. <laughs> That and was we also Super Bowl, it, it turned out. The Minnesota Vikings, <laughs> the Minnesota Vikings also did it with you get the pass rush, you get ahead, get them off their game script. All right, Breach. We're going to well, move on. I, I, I think it's, sorry, just to point out too, I think it's notable that in all four of those losses, the 49ers, so in every single game this season that the 49ers have won, they've managed to hit 27 points or more. And in all four of those losses, they did not hit 20 points because they were in a spot where they Purdy was being rushed and they were trailing and they were trying to come back. And and look, the 49ers are fine. They're a really good team. I don't it's know. Just, fine. It, I, let me, I'll say this. Breach's point about the, the Ravens and Lamar Jackson and the, the, the struggles in the playoffs, I think that applies more to the 49ers and my concerns with the 49ers playing from behind if you have to than it does this current iteration of Baltimore. Yeah, Breach, I think you would agree that Kyle Shanahan has a bigger piano in his back than Lamar does in terms of postseason play? Yes. Yeah, okay. He, he blew right. a double-digit lead in a Super Bowl. Right, and that's not even counting last year with a random sort of... And that's party. not even count the time when he was offensive coordinator in a Super Bowl and yeah. lost. All right, Breach, I'm going to come back to you. Um, when you you were a little late to the podcast because you're doing HQ, you were extremely rude to Harry, who, by the way, won his fantasy sorry, league. Harry. And do you want to take this opportunity to apologize to Harry and the Dolphins? Because everyone except me and producer Harry doubted the Dolphins. Had a huge win. You guys called it the Fraud Bowl. I went back and watched it this morning because we had family over last night. I thought it was a great game. I think part of the issue is when you fast forward through games and you don't listen to all the chit-chat in between, it's actually a little different experience. I actually yeah. enjoyed it. I thought both teams are really good teams. And Prince, you sort of mentioned this before we started the pod. And it was a tight game between two playoff teams who are sort of the Spider-Man meme. Does that sound about right, Breach? Uh, yeah. I mean, you it can be called the fraud bowl and still be a great game. That doesn't mean you can't get You have two frauds playing each other. That is the yeah. recipe for a great game. Come on. Oh, it's a fraud bowl coming in. Not. I thought you meant coming out. It was a fraud bowl. No. I, look, I think the Dolphins are good. I think the Cowboys are good. But there will be no apology because look. What the Dolphins do? Their offense scored one touchdown. It's not like they went out there and put up 40 on the Cowboys defense. Granted, I wasn't very impressed with how Tua played, especially under pressure because he has struggled a little bit under pressure this year. Getting them in the field goal range on that game-winning drive was awesome. And the thing that actually really impressed me about what the Dolphins did was how well their defense played. It was, you know, you expect the Dolphins to put together scoring drives. Tua threw for almost 300 yards. What I didn't expect was for their defense to pretty much shut down the Cowboys, except for Dallas's early drive and then the late drive where they got the touchdown. But other than that, I mean, the Dolphins were dominant. They got after Dak Prescott. They sacked him four times. They shut down the Cowboys' ground game. And, I mean, CeeDee Lamb had a big game, but that was it. It, yeah. it was either CeeDee Lamb or nothing. And so I was impressed with the Dolphins' defense, and that's what they need. If you're going to win in the playoffs, your defense has to show up. So I think it was encouraging to see them play that well. Yeah, I think um, yeah, the Dolphins didn't finish drives very well. One of four in the red zone. They, you want to give any credit to the Cowboys, though? I, I, man, I don't, I don't know that... I think the point I made before we popped on the podcast, we were sort of talking as we were waiting for Breach to come on HQ, is like I thought the, the most interesting thing to me about this game was that when the Cowboys needed a drive, Dak engineered one. 
and set it up on a would-be game-winning drive. And then two of the Dolphins, and now Tua did a great job, but I think you mostly would give credit to Mike McDaniel in the run game. Huge third down throw to Tyreek by by Tua. But, you know, when the when the Dolphins did a drive, they went and got one. And these two teams, in a t- you know, the total here was 51 and a half. It dropped down to 49. A bunch of sharp people were hammering the under. It ends up being, what, 22 to 20. A ton of field goals. I think Jason Sanders had five or Saunders had five. And then you know, Brandon Aubrey kept his, his perfect streak going. It, 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 I don't know that I necessarily got an answer about either of my fraudulent concerns. The Cowboys didn't go on the road and win, but they easily could have. Well, the, and the, the, the Dolphins beat a, a winning team for once. They're one and three but now. They, but they only scored 22 points. And yeah, but they, I mean, wait a second. Why are you not giving credit to Dan Quinn in that defense, though? No, I am. I, and look, I think you're right. The Dolphins' defense is really good too. I just, I, I don't think that the the overwhelming concern about these two teams was huh. necessarily answered by the like. I thought one thing would be answered, and yes, the Dolphins did beat a team above 500. But here, let me let me let me ask you to rank this. Which team right now at 12:29 Eastern time, 11? It's still Christmas for breaches, by the way, which is weird. Right Woo-hoo! now, which teams do you feel better about? Rank them: San Francisco, Miami, Dallas. San Francisco won easily by a, by a wide, wide for margin. Me. Um, I think San Francisco easily won by a wide, wide margin. I would put uh, Miami two and then Dallas three. Look, I'm going to get Bridges rankings and then you can circle well, back. Well, well, the reason I have to, okay, the, with Brenton. Okay. The reason <laughs> I have Dallas three and I'm going to assume Breach does too, dude, Mike McCarthy didn't like chortle up or whatever in this game badly, I guess, but. I don't trust this Cowboys team in a, in a close game in the playoffs. And now they, because of this loss, are almost certainly going to have to win three road games in order to get to what the – they would have to win three road games to get to the Super Bowl. Yeah, who cares? That was Breach's first overall pick, so we're fine there. They're going to lose in the first round. I don't think anyone thinks they're going to win three on the road. But I, I don't – I think you're – Breach, do you agree that you feel the same about the – I feel a lot better about the Dolphins. I don't know if I'd feel – better about the dog. I mean, I think I, I have a hard time seeing the Cowboys get past the 49ers. I have a hard time. The Cowboys yeah, are fun. 0 and 4 grass. Uh they can't <laughs> win away games. So there's a lot of question marks about the Cowboys certainly going to the playoffs. Also when we talk about the Dolphins and I, again like I'm not I'm not I'm not trying to troll producer Harry here by any stretch of the imagination. But w- what does this conversation look like um you know, six days from now on what time is that game on New Year's Eve? Yeah. We'll, oh, we'll, on New Year's we'll, yeah, we'll, Eastern on CB. Yeah, we lost that road, but for now, can Harry appreciate the win? And I thought it was a pretty good sure, win. Yeah, so come you win. You're the well, you should have asked us to rank them and how we feel about them then. This was a great yeah. win by, for the Dolphins. I will absolutely it's a, it's say a great that. win for the Dolphins. It's just I, I think that I think that would you I mean what what would you what odds would you all right, what odds would you need to take the Cowboys to win the NFC or the Dolphins to win the AFC? Yeah, like the Cowboys are different. I thought they played well in that game, but they lost, so that's a problem. But I feel better about the Dolphins, a team that we okay, said beat anyone. But if the Ravens, if the Ravens beat the Dolphins by twenty five points on sun, on next Sunday, how are, how where's your head going to be at with the Dolphins? Oh yeah, it'll switch. But I mean, they, it's like that every week. So for now, I, I so, want to enjoy it. But I mean. We just talked about being worried about the 49ers because Brock Purdy is the pumpkin and they can't play from behind, but you feel way, way, way better about the... I mean, 
Well, I think one concern with the Dolphins, though, is the Jalen Waddle injury. He's dealing with the high ankle sprain, and that could put him out against the Ravens. I mean, they lost Connor Williams. Eichenberg's at center now. They ran the ball well, but you know, I don't know. It feels it feels like the Dolphins are getting some unfortunate injury. And everybody gets hurt this time of year. I mean, Mark, again, Mark Andrews out. You know, you have like Trent Williams banged up. I mean, but contenders are losing players, right? But it feels like the Dolphins are. There's just so much. There's not a lot of room for error if they lose some of these skill position guys. Yeah, but like you said, that's it. I'm not gonna. That doesn't matter. If Trent Williams doesn't play. That's a huge problem. All right, Breach. Before we move on, top three kickers in the NFL according to Breach. Because I want to ask. Oh my I, I want to see if, if Harry's guys in there. Brandon, uh, Harry's there. guy is not in there. If we're just what? going from, if we're He's going, not? if we're going top three kickers from week sixteen then he's absolutely in there because uh -huh. he had arguably the best game of the season of any kicker uh, by with five field goals, three long-range ones. I mean, Jason that Sanders... that doesn't put him in the top three season long? It does not. Wow. You give him five for five in that game, his percentage this season is still under 85%. Okay. All right, so, so Justin Tucker number one, or is it someone else? Uh, no, I think Brandon Aubrey, the Whoa. Cowboys kicker, he has not missed a field goal the entire season. He is on some sort of crazy run. He has the NFL records for most field goals without a miss to start a career. And a lot of indoor games, so I thought his biggest test would be playing outdoors. He didn't miss against the Dolphins. He didn't oh. miss against the Bills. He has just been on fire. Uh, so I'd say him, Harrison Butker, and you can debate the third one. Put Justin, Justin Tucker? Tucker? Or are they? The, if we're, are we talking just this season? Yeah, I mean, if he's we're talking about time. Justin Tucker's number one. But if we're talking just this season, Tucker, Tucker struggled a little bit. Okay, All right. Tucker's not a top three quarterback. Or I mean, top three kicker for you this year. He's a top for, three. for the twenty twenty three season. Tucker is the best kicker ever. Yeah. But for the twenty twenty three season, I am not sure that he is a top three kicker. That's a there's your YouTube short right there, Harry. I know. It's so Chris just to be clear, Breach, can you say that again? Justin Tucker is not a top three kicker. I ever? have to preface that each time by ever? best kicker ever, but maybe not a top three kicker for 2020. Right. Oh, we'll oh, man, just clip it right there. Don't even. We'll, <laughs> we'll talk about uh, Justin Tucker. Uh, never. Moving on. Patrick Mahomes can't save the Chiefs. That's producer Harry's headline. And um, great producer news. Harry's, for producer Harry's slinging. Harry is salt bay for the rest of the AFC tonight. <laughs> like, well, he's excited it's... about the Dolphins. He and I are excited about the Dolphins. You two are, are ruining the, the Dolphins parade, but that's okay. I love oh, yes, you are. All right, so the, the great news about this Chiefs loss is that Mark Davis better hire Antonio, Antonio Pierce. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's nothing else done. great coming out of it for Kansas City. So, uh, Brinson, is this the end of an era? Is this just a rough patch? Is it going to circle back next year? Are they going to make a run now? I don't know what to make of this team because they are all sorts of messed up, and it starts with the reenactment of the 2006 Patriots in which Tom Brady had no one to throw the ball to. I feel like that's what Patrick Mahomes is up against. Um, as podcast devotees will note, uh, the, we had a Nissan thrilling play of the day segment. Um, I read it and it involved two Raiders defensive touchdowns in seven seconds. The chiefs, I don't, I still think here's where I'm at on the chiefs. They have big time problems. <laughs> they, Cut it, Harry. Uh, There's another YouTube short. <laughs> the Chiefs have problems, particularly at receiver. Travis Kelsey is aging, but is still a very, very, very good player. Isaiah Pacheco banged up. The run game, you know, the offensive line hadn't been as elite as it has been in, in years past. But on like 
all these all these times the Chiefs have made these run, you know, they have these runs. It's Mahomes and Andy Reid carrying them, and we say, what if the defense gets hot and can help them win a Super Bowl? And it's done that before. Well, what if the if the defense is just really good? It's been good all year. It's going to probably be good through the rest of the year. What if the offense gets hot? And I'm not saying that it, they're just going to magically find a receiver. Just that maybe Mahomes and Kelsey will just have three games of going wild, which is not implausible at all. Once well, it, we've said this I, every I, year. Yep. But this year feels different. So I heard Dance and Romo say this. I was in the, in the car watching the game. Well, I mean, that doesn't sound safe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he was sitting behind the parking lot at the uh, grocery store breach watching the game. I was, in, I was in the car watching the game. Burning them. Listening to the game, I should say. And I heard it, it was like amid the two defensive touchdowns from the Raiders. And I think the line was, I believe from Nance, you know, Tony, this team just feels like it just wants to get to the postseason already. And it does feel like that. Do you think it's possible? And this is what Nance and Romo alluded to. That uh, what, six, five straight years of playing all playing basically into February has sort of it's sort of like the Warriors corollary or the like the LeBron James Miami Heat that Cavs stuff where it's like you play like every postseason run you go on is two, three, four extra games. Or maybe it's the Patriots. We talk about the Patriots with that. Like eventually it wears on you a little bit. Do you think that's catching up to them at all? And they're so frustrated with this wide receiver situation that they really do just want to get to the playoffs and see if they can flick a switch. I think it's more of this team just isn't as good as they were in any of the past five years. I mean, they lost to a quarterback who didn't complete a pass after the first quarter. Aiden O'Connell is the first quarterback to win a game when he did not complete a pass after the first quarter since the year 2000 when the Bengals beat the Broncos, uh, by the way. Um, but it's literally been 23 years since we've seen that happen. The other worrisome thing is that this is a team that usually gets hot at the end of the season. They're 1-3 in three in December. They haven't had a losing record in December since 2013. It has been 10 years. This team usually catches fire. They're not doing that. We're seeing four losses in their past six games. Mahomes has almost hit, I think, a career high in interception. So he's trying to do too much. And now you're telling me if the Chiefs are staring at a third seed, a possible first-round matchup with the Buffalo Bills, which we'll talk about a little bit when we get to the AFC playoff picture, but this what just feels like a team. that would be? Well, it, it, this just feels like a team that I don't see – a route to them playing a ton better. I mean, granted, the other team's not going to get two defensive touchdowns every game. So, you know, you take that away and they probably beat the Raiders. But I don't see this team putting up 35 points in the playoffs if they need it. It, it just seems like it's going to be a struggle. And there's, a, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they lost the wild card round. Right. This mm. feels like a team that didn't start two and four or whatever they started a few years ago. And I kept worrying about them. And as Brinson noted, they were going to get red hot and they did because there are no, to paraphrase Rick Pitino, you know, Larry Bird ain't walking through that door. I mean, it's called the it, wide receiver. It's, it's Tyreek. I mean, Rishi Rice didn't have a great game, obviously. He's played a lot better. He's not Tyreek. Nobody's Tyreek Hill. Um, I'm not going to go down the path of they lost the Tyreek Hill trade because they won the Super Bowl. I mean, that seems no, that's that's fine. Short sighted. Yeah. I mean, that's the they that's would, the of course, like Tyreek Hill to be on that roster. That would make a difference. I, it does feel like there's just more to it than that, though. Mahomes. Is it? I mean, they just have guys that don't get open. 
I mean, have they but everybody's been... angry all the time. Like Mahomes was yelling his lineman. Kelsey's throwing his helmet down. Everybody's body language looks like a, a eight year old who just saw their cat get hit by a car. It's just everything <laughs> about the team is so weird right now. I love Jesus. it. I was hey, going to say the Steelers under Matt Canada, but sure, go with the cat reference. <laughs> what? Um, what? What was the first game with Taylor Swift? I don't know. Uh, I think it was Bears. Uh, so it was like Way week two, week three, yeah. Yeah, are you, I, I mean, bring up, is, is she bad luck? Are you going to bring up a she a distraction? I, mean, I was going to jokingly, I was going to jokingly do it. Look, this team went on their week ten bye, and since then, they are two and four with wins at the Patriots and at the Raiders. I mean, yeah. what is happening? Their wide receivers suck. That's that's the tall and short of it. I think that's what it comes down to. Their offensive line has struggled too. The tackles haven't been very good. And that's obviously a concern. But if guys aren't getting open, I mean, guys aren't getting open. All right. We'll be playing time and, to and, talk and about. Real quickly, Wilson, sorry. But I think Antonio Pierce 100% deserves yeah. this Raiders job. Yeah. So hopefully Mark Davis just takes the layup. Don't don't don't, don't do this, Jim Harbaugh. Don't mess up. <laughs> don't take the layup and go to half court and shoot a half court shot for half a million dollars. You're going to air a, a, a sky hook at half yeah, court. Just, for just, take the, just take the layup. Great job by Antonio Pierce. Terrible job by the Chiefs. All right, Breach, we're going to take a quick break and we come back. I'm going to explain to everyone who's listening why Joe Flacco is the best quarterback, not only in the AFC North, but in the NFL right after this. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right, Breach. The Fighting Joe Flacco's, uh, one of the best teams in the AFC. They're 10 and 5, which is crazy town, USA. Um, they're two games better in, in, on the, in the score sheet, the record column than the Jacksonville Jaguars to the number four seed, but they're top to AFC South. So that's why they're one spot ahead of them. I said maybe for two weeks now that I think that the Browns are going to win a playoff game. They were beating the pants off of the CJ Stroudless Texans and they were up 36 to seven in the fourth quarter before, uh, Texans got a few touchdowns there to get it, make it relatively close. Joe Flacco makes the Browns a legit contender to the tune of one playoff win, one plus playoff wins. Where are you on Joe Flacco and the Browns? Look, I think we know that I'm the unofficial president of the Joe Flacco fan club. After what? he won that first what game. What are you talking about? After though, you won the first game, I went on the power ranking show that Tuesday and said, what if Joe Flacco's so good he gets the Browns to the Super Bowl? Because he looked that good. I mean, it is almost impossible to believe that he sat at home for 11 weeks because no one called him. This guy was willing to be a backup quarterback. He was willing to sit on a bench. He didn't even need to be playing, and no one wanted him. And the Browns come out, and they say, Joe, come play for us. And now we're talking about uh, throws for over 300 yards in the third straight game, the first Browns quarterback to ever do that in franchise history when they win all three games. They have mm. quarterbacks throw for 300 yards but not win all three games. And then the third oldest quarterback in NFL history to throw for 300 yards in three consecutive games. What he's doing is absolutely unheard of. Now, the question is, is it going to be one of those where you have the backup quarterback in Jake Browning, Josh Dobbs, whatever, where they come, they play lights out for three or four games, and then they crash back to earth? Is that what's going to happen with Joe Flacco? Yeah. Or 
because he's such a veteran, he knows what he's doing. It, he has a very good understanding of Kevin Stefanski's offense. He has a great connection with Amari Cooper. Is he going to keep playing at this level? And if he keeps playing at this level, why can't this team win a couple of playoff games? Look at the the AFC. They already beat the Ravens once. That's sure the team you're most worried about. I could see this team beating the Chiefs. This defense is good enough to beat anyone. All they need is a little bit of quarterback help, and I think Flacco's good enough to get them to an AMC title game. I, I think I heard, I think it was um, was doing, you know, Christmas week, you do a lot of driving. I believe it was Mark Sesser of Around the NFL podcast. Love the set, love Sess. Uh, pointing out that this has major league uh, 98 Vinny Testaverde vibes, where they went 12 and 1 with Testaverde, who was 35 at the time, 38, you know, new 35. Flacco's dropped back 40 plus times in all four of his games. They can't run the ball at all. And Flacco's just winging it. Him and Amari Cooper, they could have thrown, he could have thrown, Amari Cooper could have gone for 350 yards in this game. Like broken flipper, or is it flipper Anderson? Like three, 336. 336. That's right. I should know that because that's my area code of my telephone. Um, shout out. Hashtag 336. Keenan Allen, amongst others. Tori Holt, shout out. Anyway, I, if the 49ers had beaten, if the 49ers and Cowboys had won, there's like a, not a crazy, and I wrote about this on Sunday, not a crazy chance of the Browns getting the one seed. As it stands, I do not think you want to play Joe Flacco in the playoffs. All right, well, let me ask. I don't know if you were at, because Breach didn't answer the question. I, I've said for a while they're going to win one playoff game. Are they going to win more than one playoff game? I kind of think so. Over-unders one and a half. What are you taking? Is it over? Is it over plus money? Who would you take in a Browns Dolphins divisional game in Miami? Cleveland, baby. Cleveland's over five hundred. Joe Flacco. I don't. I don't it. think producer Harry wants that uh, Joe Flacco smoke. <laughs> if I'm the Ravens, you don't want January Joe. You don't want January Dude, Joe smoke. Okay. All right. Can we look at Joe Flacco's numbers? All right. All right. What? All right. I'm gonna give out the numbers and can somebody do the math and prorate these for me? But basically, is Joe Flacco, I think that Joe Flacco is on pace with 1,307 yards, 10 touchdowns, and seven picks in four games with a 59.4% completion percentage. He's basically putting together 2012 Joe Flacco's regular season. But with well, more yards and more interceptions. And he's, and he's, he's not as... Mobile, but he's a probably a better, smarter quarterback. But he wasn't even like that mobile back in 2012, and he's got an elite or elite-ish number one. He's got a legit number one wide receiver in Amari Cooper. He's got a legit number one tight end in David Njoku, who's playing really well, especially considering he's like fell in a fire earlier this season. The defense is the best in football. I don't. I personally believe that Joe Flacco. Flipped a switch in the postseason. He just has that. He has that. Whatever the DNA, the gene, the the, the vibe, the, the ability to be clutch. He has that. And I would not really, really, really would not want to play the Browns in the playoffs if January Joe was coming to town. I don't think he's going to lay some massive egg in one of these playoff spots if the Browns get to 10, 11, 11, 12 wins and they and they're there. I I, I think they can. I'll take the over. I think they win. 
I mean, but two you, you plus do, playoff games. You do have to be a little concerned with interceptions if they play a really, really good team because obviously CJ Stroud wasn't starting this game. This is his second straight game with multiple interceptions. But to Brinson's point, real quick, uh, you mentioned his yardage. If he played a 17 game season, he would be on pace for 5,554 yards, which would smash the NFL single season record. Joe Flacco in four starts already leads the Browns in passing yards and passing touchdowns this season. Uh, Sean Watson had six starts. Flacco's passed all his numbers. DTR had three starts, obviously. Flacco not even in the same. I also world. think it's worth noting that. Joe Flacco is doing all of the things that Kevin Stefanski is asking him to do as part of this offense and within the structure of this offense. And the Browns offense as a whole looks substantially better than it ever did with Deshaun Watson doing everything outside of the structure of the offense. So to back up Breach's uh, quick math there, again, looking at our buddies at True Media, in terms of Week 16, Joe Flacco is third in terms of EPA after Matthew Stafford and Josh Allen. And oh, my he God. Absolute Brinson porn. Fifth of yeah, no kidding. Keep your pants on. He was fifth in explosive plays per dropback. He was sixth in first downs per pass attempts. He was fantastic against the blitz. I mean, it goes on and on, and it just uh, portends good things. All right, let's get going here. Producer Harry is that his in laws? He has things that he's got to make breakfast, so he's got to get up early tomorrow. We don't want to keep him too late. Yeah, All right, Brenton. Slack notifications. So just tell me. We talked. Yeah, we talked about this. Uh, Earlier in the show, just because we were touching on on the Dolphins and, and, the, and the old Cowboys there. Producer Harry is is still leaning into this. Cowboys, exclamation point, will lose the wild card game, exclamation point. Do you agree with Producer Harry on that? I will say that. They're three and five you know, on the road this year. 2023, the world the way it is. The millennials taking over. Avocado yeah. prices through the roof. TikTok. Scourge of the earth. You don't know what's going to happen in the future. Are you trying to drag this out until the new year? What's going on here? <laughs> There's one thing I do have faith in. What's that? And that's it. Mike McCarthy and the Dallas Cowboys are going to absolutely melt down in the first round of the playoffs. And what show percentage? some Brent? kind of impressive fashion. What's the Brinson percentage? What's that? What's the Brinson percentage on that? A hundred. Oh boy! What a twist! I thought you were going to say they're going to roll, and you're saying they're going to lose and melt down. They're going to melt down. This team is not built for Jesus. Are you agree with 100 percent, Brinson? I mean, I will say it's looking like they're going to play the Buccaneers, and the Buccaneers are hot right now. I don't want to say Tampa Bay is the 2020 Tom Brady well, team. Keep talking the about the Buccaneers because they're next. So go ahead and make your okay. Point. Well, so we're talking about a Bucs team that has won four games in a row. They dominated Jacksonville. That game was dominated. never close. I mean. They, their win over Jacksonville was more impressive than Baltimore's win over Jacksonville. I mean, this the game was just never close. They beat down the Packers. Devin White, Devin White was awesome in that game. The defense, uh, uh, Winfield is playing incredible, like the high level football. This this Tampa defense is legit, and Baker Mayfield is uh, just another quarterback the Browns wish they had instead of Deshaun Watson. And I think we said a few weeks ago, I mean, probably a month ago, we're like, oh, the Cowboys are destined to get the five seed, get the bye to the divisional round because they'll beat whoever comes out of the NFC South. But with Baker Mayfield playing the way he's playing, it does not feel like such a lock anymore. So I'm almost inclined to breach by I can't even call the Cowboys a lock to get out of the wild card round anymore. I'm 50-50. I, I, can't I, be think, I think the Cowboys will go to Tampa Bay as... 
the like the spread will be so short. People be like the Cowboys are obvious here. Two and a half point favorites, and the Bucks will beat them by double digits. Yeah, nope, I agree with the producer Harry. By the way, just to reiterate, uh, Breach again had Dallas going in the first round when we had our uh, Super Bowl draft uh, last week. So did Pete grab the Bucks later? Did I get the he Bucks? got him in the fourth round? That was his God, last pick. I wanted the Bucks, but I also have the Bills, so I'm happy. Yep, you Bills did have might the Bills. not make the playoffs. The Bills nah, are gonna, they're, they're, they're gonna win pretty, the eighth. They're, they're, they're pretty. Cheap. I got Bills Rams Super Bowl. That's where I'm at. So yeah, where are we on Todd Bowles? I mean, I think Baker, I think Jonathan Jones reported this as well, but it sounds like there's mutual interest from both sides in Tampa Bay, which makes sense. And Brinson, you sort of touched on this. Like you can go out and get your young quarterback, or in this case, trade for Deshaun Watson, but DTR, Trey Lance, whomever, sometimes the old timer might hey, be Baker's the best option if you can if you can surround him. Old timer in the sense that he's been in the league for a while, he's bouncing. Yeah, around. yeah, yeah. He's been on the fourth team, but it's I mean, if you were Jason Light. Buccaneers GM and you're doing this retooling post Tom Brady and you've got Mike Evans. You still got Chris Goblin, Trey, um, Trey Palmer. Yeah. Trey Palmer looks yep. like a, like a, like a pretty good little pick. Kate Otten. Not bad. Rashad White's been awesome this season. I feel, I mean, Baker Mayfield is going to be the best quarterback in the NFC South for the next five years, barring some kind of surprise draft pick. Why not roll with it? Uh, breach who wins. Tampa Bay versus Cleveland Super Bowl. Huh? <laughs> what a great Super Bowl. I thought that about that be. earlier today, Wilson. Think of all the revenge angles you have. We mentioned Goff possibly facing the Rams, Joe Flacco versus the Ravens, Baker Acres. versus the Browns. My God. The game's in Las Vegas. So I, would have I, tell you, I tell you who loses. You? CBS executives. I don't know. There's a lot. A lot Dude, to like Cleveland. Here. Well, Cle the Browns in the Super Bowl would be a really good story, but Cleveland, Tampa Bay, when it looks like we might get like, you know, like Dallas, Miami, would, you know, would be something. I, I would not, I would not say that that would be the first pick of our bosses. You're underestimating the Joe Flacco fan base, Brent. He, he alone right. will bring Browns, Browns fans in the Super Bowl would be. It would be like or it would be like zombie land in Las Vegas with Vegas would turn to a giant dog pound. Yes. All right. The the line is minus one and a half. You don't get to know which team. Who are you picking? Uh, Tampa would be favored by one and a half, I think, the way that they're playing. Who are you taking? Uh I'm I was taking Joe Flacco. Who you take a breach? The Browns. I think the Browns would actually be favored by one and a half. Sorry. All right. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, uh, I'm going to give Brinson a fun fact about this Lions team that will absolutely blow your mind right after this. What do you get a third tattoo, Wilson? What'd you say? What do you get a third tattoo? Uh, I got to see my guy Kevin on January 11th. Thanks for asking. You're getting one? Oh, yeah. I, that's all. Man, what are you getting? Uh, Snoopy with a Steelers jersey. <laughs> yeah. I'm getting, I'm getting Kenny Pickett's face on my arm. <laughs> Kenny Pickett choking. Are you Mr. really getting Trubisky. a third tattoo? <laughs> yeah. Uh, producer Nada said, listen, once you get one, no matter how stupid the first one is, you sort of start doing it. And uh, he was like, yeah, you're right. You're getting a third tattoo? And it'll this be on Wilson Money. Not, this is not the worst midlife crisis in the world. No, nah, you can't see him, so it's fine. And it was all, all right. started by Ryan Finley. Ryan Finley. I was, actually, Ryan State. I was reading that stat line the other day. I was looking at my arm with a sad face. I was like, what? What time? I don't think producer Harry knows that story. I will tell you what, uh, at some point, producer, producer Harry. All right, let's talk about the the Lions who limped their way to the victory over, oh my gosh, Nick Mullins. I don't know. I joked on, on Twitter, or as you call it, Breach X, 
How many yeah. pick sixes did Josh Dobbs have to throw in practice for Kevin O'Connor? Like, you know what? Nick Mullins is going to be our, our guy. I think Sean Mannion uh, eventually made an appearance. Uh, the the Lions won that game. Brentson, the fun fact or the not so fun fact: um, this Lions defense was good for a while, and it feels like they think it's twenty twenty two. In Week sixteen against Nick Mullen and the Vikings in general, they gave up eleven plays on defense of twenty or more yards. 11. That was the worst in the, in the NFL by a large margin. Number two were the Ravens, who gave up seven. Uh, Brock Purdy got some chunk plays early on. I think Sam Darnold had some late, but they almost doubled that up. I feel like that's a concern, and, and producer uh, Harry's uh, exclamatory statement to you is the Lions will make the NFC title game. I'm a little nervous um, about that. So the Lions are very much live to get the one seed right now because of San Francisco's loss and the fact that the Lions are at the Cowboys and then host the Vikings to close out the season. They will need the Rams to help them out. They got to win out and need the Rams to help them out, but they can get the one seed. I think it's viable. I mean, the Dallas plays great at home. So I mean, you say whatever you want about it, but I, I don't, I don't, I, I don't worry as much about this Lions defense as maybe the general, consensus is but that's because one well well actually no it's just two one there's no two there's just one they're gonna get guys back Ali McNeil should be coming back and Chelsea Gardner Johnson might be back next week I think that makes a huge difference for this defense and the Lions are punching so far above their expected playing weight right now that what does that what does that mean we thought the Lions would be good this year we didn't think they'd be this good Right? Yeah, but I mean, that's, I don't disagree with that, but I don't know if Dan Campbell had this team believing that they were going defeated. No, I just mean that it was sort of, you know, the Lions were favored, favorites to win the division at plus one, uh, 25 or something like that. Or maybe they were my, yeah, because the Jaguars are big minus favorites. And they're 11 and four. They've had these, they see, I look at their, I look at their, their schedule in totality and just think that they had this, incredibly hot stretch to start the season where you know they get to uh six and two and win two coming out of the bye they're eight and two and there's just been this little stretch where things were tough they smoked the broncos and they still won by six on the road in the division against a team that's fighting for its playoff life and still has like justin jefferson's trying to will them to come back Nick, they, I, I got to push back. It's Nick Mullen. And by the way, I said Sean Manning earlier. I picked him all four times. Because he's terrible. He's not Brock Purdy. I mean, yeah. they should have won that game by a lot. The spread wasn't, what was it? Actually, spread was, was like Lions half, three. I think. Like, okay, so three. It, it's close in that sense. But I think that's a team you put away. Yeah, they, yes. I, I think the Vikings in general are just like kind of linger. I, I don't know, man. I think you go in the division this late in the season, on the road, against a team that is a playoff caliber team, yeah. right. even with a backup and to come away with a win by six points is a, is a pretty solid effort. All right, breach the lions make the NFC title game exclamation point or question mark. Uh, Question mark? I don't think the Lions are going to get out of the wild card round. I think they're going to oh get stuck God. playing the Rams. I think Matthew Stafford is going to dice them up. Win by two touchdowns. yards in Detroit. <laughs> and then the whole city of Detroit, then he's going to feel guilty about beating them since he was on that team and never led them out of the wild card round. And then he's just the guy who's sticking the dagger in. And I don't even think Detroit really has a shot at the number one seed, which 
Harry can cut and paste when they do clinch number one seed. I just think, <laughs> I think they're going to get steamrolled by the Cowboys. Cowboys don't lose at home. They're winning by 27 points per game in their home games this year. They're just so good at home. I have a tough time seeing, and you know, they've got the hangover. You just clinch your first division title in 30 years. So you kind of, uh, yeah, a, a natural letdown in your next game, which you really can't afford to have. Cause it's on a short week. Cause you're playing on a Saturday in Dallas. Uh, and then if they lose that, you know, the one seeds out the window. So I just feel like they're going to be a three seed and ugh, that's not, if, if, if it is the Rams, three, it's not a great matchup for them. If they're a three seed and they draw the Rams, it sucks. If they are a, they'll be favored in that game though. Mm, yeah, I'm going to hammer Rams are playing well, but they'll, they'll be favored. By the way, let's just let me clear up quickly. I mentioned Sean Manning. I, I was watching the game towards the end as I was getting ready to, to go to drive around like you were driving around. I actually thought they took Mullins out because he played so badly. Sean Mannion plays for the Seahawks. I just want to make that clear because people are whinging about, you said Sean Mannion. Sean Mannion didn't play. He should have played. They should have traded for him in the middle of the game, but he didn't. Um, you bet. What, their right, so backup Breach, quarterback is the BYU. Breach, what is the, not, to, not to derail it, but what is the path? For, I, I'm trying to do this too, but ESPN's stupid playoff machine didn't work. Oh, we I like the logo. We'll so talk, about, see it. I'll talk about it in a second. No, I'm saying like, what is the path? Like, what is the matchup? The first from because oh. it feels like, if the Lions can get the se- man, this second or third seed is a huge deal in the NFC. Because if you feel like if the Lions get the two seed, they get the Packers or the Vikings at home in a playoff game, they're going to win that. Well, game. Well, I mean, the, the seventh seed right now is the Seahawks, who already beat the Lions, and if, yeah. the, if the Seahawks went out, they're in. Yes, yeah, so would. Yeah, I, I just mean you. You got a home game against not the Rams. But here's the thing, and well, let's talk about it. Let's go right to it. NFC yeah. playoff picture time. And we'll start with we'll this conversation going. And let's do five, six, and seven. Right now, it's Cowboys at five, Brinson's Rams at six, and the Seattle Seahawks at seven. All those teams, I would imagine, are teams that you don't feel like facing if you are the Eagles, the Lions, Tampa Bay, in whatever order you feel like. All those teams are actually a good team. You want the Vikings, the Falcons, or the Packers to make the playoff, or the Saints, you know, if God is really looking upon you as a team to host a playoff game. Saints ain't making the playoffs. So rank the uh, no. My point is that you want to face them. Like you don't want to face these five, six, seven teams. I'm talking about. So Brenton, rank the playoff teams uh, that are going to have to travel: Dallas Rams, Seattle. In terms of teams you don't want to face, and doesn't matter who the team is. Uh, number one is the Rams. I just think so. So the way I look at this postseason, hey, this go is through not, it real I mean, quick. Brenton, go, uh, Breach goes through his, and you can circle back and tell me why. So give me. Just oh, sorry, I just said. I just said. Oh yeah, yeah, I got you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the, the yeah, I've got Rams. Dallas, Seattle, Green Bay, Minnesota. That's it, just the ones that are inside. So you got the Rams, Dallas, Seattle. That's your ranking. For yeah. the teams, Breach, you agree with that? Uh, Cowboys at five. I think the Seahawks at oh. six and the Rams at seven. All right, go ahead, Bre- uh, Breach. I mean, Brenton, explain, and then Breach so, can yell at you. For me, I look at this postseason, and I think that this feels like, and I could end up being wrong, happens a lot, um, it feels like one of those postseasons where we're it's gonna be it's gonna be the the hot like the quarterback who gets scorching hot in the postseason and can rip off a couple of wins just because they are playing they can and I think Joe Flacco right exactly I think Joe Flacco qualifies I think Josh no the original Allen, Joe Flacco sorry I think this year's Joe Flacco qualifies yeah no I agree I, I think I think Josh Allen qualifies yep I think Matthew Stafford qualifies because that it's just it's playing great. It's just Great. dudes who, if they start seeing the matrix as passers, there's nothing you can do about it. Eli Manning did it. 
Ben Roethlisberger did it. Aaron Rodgers did it. The, these, the, the arm talent and the skill level, the ability to be a vet, like a veteran enough quarterback where you could just like it just clicks and you are rolling. Like Dak and Geno too? No, I don't think Dak and Geno have that. So Stafford, that's why the Rams are my number one. If the Rams, if Stafford's healthy and they're protecting him and Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua are healthy and he's he's dialed in, they can beat anybody on that side of the bracket. All right, Breach, you're leaving Dallas. Well, let me ask Brenton this real quick because the 49ers lost throws a wrench into things because w- part of the our 49ers scenario now play here like, in week 18. Yes. Right. And so now the 49ers are almost certainly going to play their starters because they're not going to have the number one seed clinch going into week 18. They're going to need to win that game. And so th- maybe the Rams are now finishing the season nine and eight and not 10 and seven. So if I'm looking at it on the upshot right now, if the Rams beat the Giants, they obviously have to do that on the road. If they lose to the Giants and get the F out, um, and lose the 49ers. Then there are two games. There's well, there's one game. If the Steelers beat Steelers beat the Seahawks in Seattle, they would essentially be clinched and they would be rooting for the Vikings over the Packers in week 17. And then in week 18, Bears to beat the Packers, Lions to beat the Vikings, and Cardinals to beat the Seahawks would be the games that they would be eyeing down. So, in other words, they can still get in, but they, you know, they can and they control their own destiny. But they will have to, and this is where it gets interesting too. What if the 49ers are playing for the one seed and the Rams are playing to get in the playoffs? And they have they haven't beaten them in nine nine regular season games, and the Rams go and beat the 49ers. The Sunday night game. Sunday night game costed the one seed, move up to the sixth seed, and then all of a sudden you see them again in the NFC championship game. Well, to, even if the Rams the, lose, though, and say they end up the season 9 There's and still 8, 88% to get in. Well, because the one thing working in their favor is that you look at the 7 and 8 teams, Vikings, Falcons, Packers, Saints, Vikings and Packers play each other yep. Sunday night this week, so one of them has to lose. And then the Falcons and Saints, Saints, Saints play each other in week 18, so one of them has to lose. So you're cutting down on the teams that can end up in a tiebreaker with you. Hey, Breach, before we move on, let me ask you, then I'll ask Brinson. Are you comfortable with the top seven in the NFC, or do you want to add somebody and kick somebody out? I think it goes 49ers, Eagles, Lions, Buccaneers, Cowboys, Rams, Seahawks. You could just said you're fine with the way it currently is. But okay. Yeah, I think I, I would. Well, I have the with, Eagles at two, not, not the Lions. I I, I would say this, too. I, actually, oh, I would move oh, the Seahawks. Let me apologize to Breach. I didn't update my thing. My bad, Breach. I would, I would move the Seahawks up to my six in, in the question you asked above Dallas. I think the Mike McCarthy thing worries me, and – when Pete Carroll and Gino Smith are just finding ways to win and you have DK and Lockett and Jackson Smith and Jigba, Ken Walker's running well, defense is creating some chaos. Seattle's a little dangerous. I wouldn't. Yeah, but you just said that Gino can't do what Stafford can do and get hot. All Gino does is get hot. I don't think he can win four. I don't think he can win three or four games and win the Super Bowl. Oh, good Lord. Three or four. That's a lot. Once you get I, but, Oh, no, no. I think, I mean, this is pretty obvious. I mean, they already they just beat the Eagles. I think they could go to Detroit. They they beat the Eagles at home. They beat Detroit on the road. Seattle and and, and the Ram, the Rams and the Seahawks are chaos agents on the back end of this playoff bracket. Like if we get Rams at Lions, Seahawks at Eagles, and Cowboys at Bucks, I think there's a very reasonable chance that all three road teams with or excuse me all three underdogs win those games the, the bucks beat the cowboys 
Rams beat the Lions and Seahawks beat the Eagles. I don't think that's outrageous at all. All right, let's go to the AFC. Uh, Breach, five is Cleveland, six is Buffalo, seven is Indianapolis. Let's start at the bottom here. Any teams you want to swap in or out? Or are you comfortable with where we are here? By the way, in that scenario, the Rams could host the NFC, playoff, NFC Championship game. Just throwing it out there. Okay. Get on the Gardner Minshew bandwagon. I feel like I would be miserable if I got off and out, even though they got slaughtered by the Falcons <laughs> in a must-win game. My God. Uh, but I, yeah, I think the Browns and Bills feel like locks at this point. And then I mean, Are the, the Falcons Browns, the most annoying NFL team in the last 40 years, unpredictable. They're just unpredictable. <laughs> they yeah, always do the opposite goal, right? of whatever you think they're going to do right. is what they do. Uh, I, man, I just think the AFC playoff race is crazy because I could see the Bengals beating the chiefs this week. I could see the Raiders beating the Colts, uh, the Titans beating the Texans. Like there's just so many wrenches that could be thrown into this. Uh, but I'll say the Colts get the seventh seed, even though my heart says the Bengals. Yeah, you don't feel good about it. This Brent, feels so like a, one for... of those one of those week eighteen seasons where Andy Dalton's like people are like people from the opposing team are donating to Andy Dalton's charity. Oh <laughs> well, yeah, was, was it the Bills? Bills fans built the Bills got in because Andy Dalton beat the Ravens, right? So oh, Bills fans donated like five hundred grand to Andy Dalton's charity or something. That sounds right. Um, all right, so we have in the NFC, AFC, we have Baltimore, Miami. Baltimore's a lock. I'm, I'm sorry, Producer Harry. I don't think next week's going to matter. I, Baltimore's a lock at number one. And then after Ooh. that, it's sort yeah, of mayhem. Well, but, we, but those are the only two teams who are in. in. The Chiefs, are, I see at 98%. I mean, they're, they're going to get in. Man. Uh, oh, they're sorry. The Browns are over 99%. As, well, who's as winning the AFC South? What's everybody's prediction there? I'm going to stick with the Jaguars, but do you feel great crap. about it? No. And if CJ comes back and he's actually rested and maybe a little healthier, because they played with a little uh, spark at the end of that game. Any chance CJ Stroud doesn't win a rookie of the year? Well, we'll see what old uh, Puka keeps Brand doing. Puka. Puka won't stop. Puka's down to like plus 450 after Can't that. Can't stop, won't uh, stop. Put all so, your money on. I mean, here's the thing, man. Like, Jaguars, huge question. The Chiefs, huge question. I have fewer questions about the Browns and the Bills than I do about the two teams above them. That's whack. What if the Jaguars miss the playoffs? They're not missing the playoffs. Um, I mean... Um, I'll tell you who the, the team is. It's the... John Breach will be writing a, a story about them on Tuesday morning special. Who is it, Breach, in the AFC? The Raiders. That is correct. Yeah. <laughs> I might, well. that story. I might claim that story first thing tomorrow morning. Before now the Raiders up. can steal the AFC West from the Kansas City Chiefs. So let me tell you what our guy Stephen O's sports line when he's not firing off anger tweets about he how, much he, how much he doesn't like uh, anti-Raven sentiments on, on online breach. Huh? Huh? Oh, did you see on... Schefter like, aggressively tweeting at Rich Eisen? That was weird. Uh, let's see. After Sunday, before Monday, the three-headed playoff, uh, three-headed game in which the Raiders beat the Chiefs in Kansas City. So before, uh, after Sunday, excuse me, the Raiders had a 1.7% chance to make the playoffs. And after everything that uh, transpired on Sunday, Monday, excuse me, good Lord, including the Raiders beating the Chiefs, they're up to 12.3%. Um, just for completion breach, my Steelers are at 14%. And your Bengals are at 22%. So I'm saying 20. there's a chance. All right. Brinson, do you have your Brinson VP ready or should we circle back? My, my BVP? Yeah. Um. Do we have a? Is it just all of week sixteen, or are we? Yeah, of course. 
You can go all the way back to that Steelers whooping on the on the Bengals. No, you like. nobody, nobody wants to hear about a game from Saturday. I mean, George Pickens destroying the Bengals' playoff hopes would be an interesting choice. And the media sentiment that was slapping yeah, him about George, the yeah. head. Jamming everybody in the face with that. Look, I, I got to go two-headed monster here. Joe Flacco and uh, Amari Cooper. Yeah, that works. Brown's single game record for receiving yards. Joe Flacco dropping back 40 straight times for the fourth straight game. The Browns winning another one. And I, I'm telling you, man, I know it's like insane, but January Joe. January Joe. I wouldn't I would not want to play this Browns team in the playoffs. Given you're stealing Breach's line. He said they're going to the Super Bowl three weeks ago. Super Bowl, that, Brenton. I said that four weeks ago. <laughs> All right, Breach, you have your Breach VP or do you want me to go? You know what? My Breach VP, I'm going is, is out of George the box. Here, way out of the box. It is not George Pickens. Maybe it is Pickens. drum roll. Chad Rylan. Patriots kicker. That was a big kick. Yeah, fair Chad Rylan. Look. This kid has had a rough year. He's only made 65% of his field goals. He is probably never going to kick another season in the NFL. This has just been one giant learning curve for him to go out there and hit a 56-yard field goal and essentially knock the Broncos' playoff chances, final nail in the coffin. That was pressured. Already missed a field goal in the game, already missed an extra point, and just for him to bounce back like that was awesome. And I was wrapping presents, drinking eggnog while that happened, and uh, just couldn't believe it. So tra- Chad Worth Rylan. noting, of the 10 remaining Circa Survivor uh, contestants. That knocked out a few people, didn't it? What's that? That knocked out a few, didn't knocked it? Knocked out six. There's four people left. $9.2 million final prize to first place. Four people vying for it. And one of the guys that knocked out, this guy named Sean Perry, who's been refused to chop and take a $400,000 pullout because he said he was the greatest gambler of all time. Yeah, banged. Greatest gambler wouldn't have picked the Broncos to win on Christmas Eve. All right, boys. Oh, shout out to R.J. White said bet the the Patriots on the money line. You guys laughed at me. I literally, when we did the HQ show, uh, we had to pick everybody's how their last three games would go. I picked the Broncos. I said they'd oh. lose to the Patriots. And you were guys, <laughs> that's not going to happen. You I can write about that. a lot, Breach, except for uh, what was going to happen Saturday night, except which brings me back to Saturday night. Do you guys, uh, you guys know Geno Smith's Christian name, right? Eugene Cyril Smith the third. And that third is important, Breach, because when you came to Heinz Field on Saturday night, you were reintroduced <laughs> to a young man named Brett Mason Rudolph the third. That's he's a third. Brett Mason Rudolph the third. So Brett Mason Rudolph the third gets a shout out. He gets the Wilson game ball. And you know who else gets an ancillary game ball? George Pickens. Anybody Rick, else in the No, office? Rick Spielman revenge game on Jake Browning. Take that, Jake Browning. You got cut for a reason. You got busted. Hit the bricks. You hate to see it. <laughs> How was it like watching that game, Breach? How'd that make you feel? <laughs> oh, my God. Um, I will just say this about that game, that as soon as Mason Rudolph hit George Pickens for <laughs> an 86-yard touchdown in the first five minutes, I knew it was over. I didn't even need to watch the rest of it. It was just over. That's it. How about, when, how about when T Higgins caught the long touchdown pass and then Pickens immediately answered it right back with another long touchdown pass? How'd you feel oh, there? Oh, boy. 
even or, worse. Even uh, worse. <laughs> just like, just, I mean, Aiden O'Connell deserves consideration. Didn't let me just say this about that game real quick. I literally, I was at my in-laws Christmas, my wife's family and they live in Alabama. It's about two and a half hours. I, I was like, I have to dip out because I have to get home and watch this Bengals game. Literally, I roll in and freaking George Pickens is catching an 86-yard touchdown. I'm like, my God, I should, probably should have uh, just stayed there. And yeah, you have bad luck in, in uh, Steelers, <laughs> Bengals, late season hey, breach, matchups. Breach, just real quick. How? Um, look over your left shoulder. Turn around and look over your left shoulder. There's a cat climbing on the wall. Look, turn around and look. See those three helmets? Doing? How those three teams do this weekend? Some of them won. One of them won. Two of them. The Raiders won. Brenton, get out of here. I know the Raiders won. Bengals lost. And the 49ers lost. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That All right. That's it. We're done here. Producer Harry has to go make a, a egg omelets for, for his in-laws in the morning so we can get out of here. All right. Remember, if you like to support the show, give us a thumbs up on the YouTubes. Otherwise, that's it. That's a wrap on week 16, Sunday Night Super Friends Christmas Night Edition. It's Boxing Day for all you folks that are listening live. But do not worry. Hello. We will be back on Tuesday, which is tomorrow. We or today. Yeah, today with the old uh, Petey Prisco. We'll do the, uh, what's his thing? The um, uh, power rankings. <laughs> the power rankings. That's what he does. So we'll be back here on Tuesday afternoon, power rankings. Thanks to all you guys who watch and listen and comment. We will see you. Wilson, you have to end with Merry Christmas to all. Merry. And to all a good night. Merry.